We're trying to conduct a serious scientific investigation. Science, logic, reason. Do you have any hard data? Now, that's what I call science. Hello, listeners. You're listening to That's What I Call Science, the weekly radio and podcast show that brings independent and interesting STEM, so that's science, technology, engineering, maths and medicine, to you from Tasmania. This show is supported by Edge Radio, Hobart's premium news station, so head over to edge.org.au if you'd like more information. My name is Ollie Dove and I'm joined by my co-host Ellie Clapham. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We're meeting here on Lutwita, and I pay my respects to the Palawa people, and I would also like to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land from where you, the listeners, are tuning in from. On behalf of everyone here and at home, I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. So today we're going to be talking about chemistry, along with waste and singing and songwriting, which is quite an interesting mix, with an honours student from UTAS, Eve Poland. So Ellie, do you want to tell us a bit more about our guest? Absolutely. I'm really excited to introduce everyone to Eve. So welcome, Eve. It's great to have you on the show and we are really excited to talk with you about your work in chemistry, the Zero Waste Society and um, your work in music. So there's lots to get through. But first, you are a chemist. So what first drew you to chemistry? Hi, thanks so much for having me. I first... um I guess fell in love with chemistry during my first year at university. So I originally enrolled to do medical research and chemistry was um, a core unit, a compulsory unit that we had to do. And I think the thing particularly that stuck out to me was learning about something called chirality, which is essentially the left or right handedness of a molecule. It's a bit hard to describe, but it was just... um, kind of amazing that you could have essentially the same molecule that all the atoms are connected in exactly the same way it's the same number of atoms but one is the left hand version and one is the right hand version and they react totally different and that just kind of blew my mind and I was like wow chemistry is amazing (laughs) that is really interesting actually and a lot of people start off by saying oh I had you know an amazing teacher or an experience and that is I feel like chemistry is made for you. <laughs> that's what drew you to it. It's something so complex. So that's a little teaser on chemistry. And we are going to cover your chemistry research in the next segment. But you're not only passionate about chemistry, you're also passionate about waste or lack of waste. You are the president of the University of Tasmania's Zero Waste Society. Can you please tell us a little bit about this society and why you started it? Yeah, sure. Sure. So the Utah Zero Waste Society is, um, was developed to help university students lower their waste contribution to landfill. Um, I guess I just sensed a lot of people, particularly my age, really wanting to do something about the environment and not knowing where to turn or what they could do. It felt so big and sort of out of their control. So this was just a really practical way to bring like-minded people together and introduce actionable steps to help the environment on a personal level and then yeah grow that community so that we don't feel alone. So we started in 2019 um, and the big first event was a seminar called the 10 Steps to Zero Waste Seminar uh, which was really fun. We then had a lot of plans for 2020 and of course COVID came along so 
that made things pretty difficult. But we moved online. So we've got quite a significant online presence at the moment. Um, and then I also live at Jane Franklin Hall. And so that's sort of most of what we did during 2020 was help implement systems there, such as composting or soft plastic recycling, things like that. Um, we did like a clothes swap um, to help lower the waste there because that's something we could practically do during the pandemic. Um, we then did a beach cleanup in the end of 2020 um, to Cockle Creek, which was really good. The team collected, I think, 25 kilograms of waste, including 600 pieces of microplastic or something like that. It was really, really cool. And then in 2021, yeah, mostly just small scale stuff. It was, yeah, it was pretty difficult with the way the uni was changing. But um, this year, we're not currently functioning except for online because it's um, it's been a bit of a challenge after COVID, of course, to get um, those people involved in the committee. Um, and also there's been the Environment Society, which has started. So I almost feel like we've done our mission and now there's space for those guys to grow, which is really cool. That's really interesting. And you've just teased a few different actions that individuals can take to reduce their own waste or help their community to reduce their waste. What kind of support from companies or industry do you think those individuals could benefit from to reduce their waste? Yeah, I think the um, two really big ones is the FOGO system run by the council, which stands for um, Food and Garden Organics. And so it's everything that's compostable. And that's something that every household can have one of those bins, um, is eligible to one. And I think it's $60 a year. So it's, it's really affordable. Um, and so that's something, say, if you want to bring zero waste to your business, then your business, if they have uh, a tangible office, would be entitled to one as well. The other big thing is the red cycle system, which is for uh, recycling soft plastics, which is anything that's scrunchable, um, and they're collected at Coles and Woolworths. So um, that's something that anyone can do is collect things like Glad Wrap or chip packets as long as they're relatively clean and dry and then take them to Woolworths, which is, yeah, is a really easy service. And then, yeah, that can be set up in businesses or um, local communities as well it doesn't have to just be a personal thing this might be quite an out there question but I've heard a rumor that even if we're recycling at home that a lot of the things that we put in the recycling go straight to waste is that true or is that just sort of an urban legend to try and dissuade people from recycling yeah so I've heard this as well and I think that um, it's difficult because it's sometimes true it's sometimes not so there was a time where we sent a lot of our recyclables to China and I have heard that they've recently stopped accepting them because they weren't clean enough. Um, but something like the Red Cycle program, I'm pretty sure that definitely does happen, gets turned into um, park benches and things like that. And then also there's changing regulations. So um, there were some uh, those sort of long-life milk cartons used to be recycled in New Zealand, but they're not anymore. So the things are changing a lot quite quickly and so I guess um, but that's not not the case in Tasmania I know for example glass and metal is definitely recycled a lot in Tasmania and the the plastic thing it just changes so often so that's why I would just encourage people to do it anyway and get into the habit of doing it because it's it's more than just the actual plastic it's the message it sends more broadly that I'm the person that cares about the environment and 
if everyone does that, then it becomes a societal value and people pay attention to that. So, yeah, it's a bit of a hard one. I try not to discourage people though, but uh, I don't fully know for like every single council what is getting recycled and what's not. I like how you've paired the role of industry with the role of individual and how you can work together to achieve such a huge goal of zero waste. And on that point, what message can you give to people that are feeling slightly overwhelmed about the enormity of the problem of achieving zero waste? I think just start small and also, you know, you don't you don't have to be perfect. Nobody lives the perfect zero waste lifestyle. But also feel encouraged that there, there is a lot that one person can do. It is very fair to feel overwhelmed. It's a very overwhelming thing. But I think if we can just pair that back a little bit so that we're not <laughs> inactive and just, just try, I guess, just try to maybe do composting or just do the soft plastic recycling, um, just give it a go. When you try, you might surprise yourself how much you can actually cut out at not that much effort. That's a really nice message to end on there. So stay with us for part two as we hear more about Eve's research in chemistry. You're listening to That's What I Call Science and today Ollie and I are learning about chemistry, waste and singer-songwriting with the multi-talented Eve Poland from the University of Tasmania. So Eve, you are a chemistry honours student at the University of Tasmania. Could you please start by just telling us, for our listeners who might not know, what honours actually is? Sure. Um, So when you go to university, the first degree you do is probably going to be a bachelor's degree three or four years, say a Bachelor of Science, Bachelor of Arts, something like that. And then after that, you can do a one-year research project, which is called your honours year. Um, that's how it works in science. In, in other degrees, um, you can be accredited honours by doing really well in your units. Um, but yeah, in science, you start off with the bachelor's degree for three years. And then, yeah, you do this one year, which is mostly research-based. And what are you researching in your honours year? So it's in inorganic chemistry and the subfield is called catalysis, which just means I make catalysts. Um, And so, yeah, I'm researching a particular type of catalyst and um, trying to make it and then see what it does. So there were a few words in there that (laughs) I, as a biologist, haven't really heard of since a decade ago when I was back at chemistry. So what is a catalyst? What is it doing and what is its function? I think... We sort of intuitively know what a catalyst is because we use it a lot in the English language. If we say um, such and such is a catalyst for change, it's the thing that got it going. Um, and that is what chemistry, a catalyst in chemistry does as well. So it's essentially, it's another chemical species that is not one of the you know, ingredients in the reaction. It's um, apart from that, but it assists the reaction and makes it go faster. Um, so essentially... Um, any chemical reaction requires energy. Uh, life one would be like making a cake. If you make the mixture and sit it on the bench, it's not going to turn it into a cake. You need to put it in the oven and put energy into the system in the form of heat. But there are some chemical reactions that 
even if you heated it up to you know a thousand degrees for a thousand years it would never happen the energy barrier is too high so what a catalyst does is it comes in and it facilitates that reaction essentially grabs part a and grabs part b and pushes them together so that the energy required is lower and the reaction can actually happen Um, but the catalyst itself is not one of the ingredients it sort of introduces a and b and then it leaves and then it does it again and again it's kind of like a matchmaker that was a really good explanation (laughs) so thank you for that um in your honours, you do a lot of research, but what else do you do as a part of your honours or what have you been involved in, whether it's conferences or writing or being a part of the local community? Um, yeah, so I was really lucky earlier this year I got to go to a conference in Cairns, the um, Organometallics um, Conference. That is a great name for a conference. <laughs> it sounds like a, um, a music festival, the Organometallics. <laughs> yeah, so um, Organometallics just means... Um, Something that's organic, so carbon-based and a metal, which most catalysts are. They have a metal and then the organic side. Um, yeah, so that that was in Cairns earlier this year. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then the other part of the honours is writing the thesis, which is a 55-page document that's due at the end of the year, which I've done some work on. <laughs> With regards to the conference, you're at the beginning of your scientific career. How was it being uh, an early career researcher in a room filled with presumably some really high up experts in your field? It was an amazing opportunity. Very few, um, I've been told, very few honour students get to go to conferences and I need to know how lucky I am. So I'm, yeah, really, really grateful I got to go. Um, the cool thing about um, the Organometallics meeting is that it is student um, student focused. So most of the people presenting there were PhD students. Um, but there were definitely some legends in the field and it was very cool. Um, they gave some plenary lectures to hear from them. Very inspiring. I think all of us that got to go by the end were very um, ramped up on how amazing chemistry is, had a lot of motivation going back in the lab. It sounds like you benefited a lot from attending that conference. So that's potentially something that the science industry can learn from and maybe focus more on giving students those opportunities because they are very impactful on your career and it sounds like you've been really inspired by that. Um, I'm just wondering, what does the rest of your career look like? Do you have any goals or aspirations or where do you want your research to go? Yeah, um, so I absolutely love catalysis. I find it very interesting and I'd love to stay in this field, particularly sort of tying together my um, passion for the environment with my passion for chemistry. So the big goal that I want to do or want to work on is something called carbon dioxide activation, which simply means using carbon dioxide for something useful. And that requires a catalyst because carbon dioxide is a very stable molecule it's not going to react by itself Um, so that's how it all sort of ties in um, and that's definitely what I want to dedicate my life to. Yeah that's incredibly inspiring to say that you want to dedicate your life to it because we need people motivated in STEM careers to be able to help society on a whole. So how do you see industry or organisations being able to use these concepts? So um, carbon dioxide when you when you break it down, it's just carbon and oxygen. They're okay on their own. And so um, industry plays a massive role. And if we could find a way to use carbon dioxide, so particularly the project I'm looking is just to turn them into different um, chemical precursors which have an industrial 
relevance. Um, so I guess an industry supporting those chemicals, purchasing those chemicals and implementing those green chemistry principles into their practices. Um, also, another thing you can do with carbon dioxide is turn it into plastic. Or well, that's something people are trying to do at least because plastics are carbon-based. So if you could take the carbon from the carbon dioxide, that would be excellent. It sounds like by using those sorts of concepts, industry could play a really large role in uh, achieving like you said, zero waste, but then also utilising this science to make the world a greener place. So stick with us for part three as we hear about another of Eve's talents and plans for her future. You're listening to That's What I Call Science and we are talking to artist and chemist and zero waste advocate, Eve Poland. So Eve, I understand that you've got a little bit of history being a singer and songwriter as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so I think, yeah, music was my first passion ever since I was five years old. I was, you know, like, yep, yeah, I want to be a musician. Um, you know, I got my first keyboard, my first guitar um, and been playing music ever since. And um, I, I originally never wanted to be in the spotlight as it were um I just liked writing songs but then I found it hard to find a singer to sing those songs for me um at least one that wanted to practice as much as I wanted to um so I thought okay I'll I'll do it myself um and so I've been I definitely feel like I've been learning how to sing just to um I guess learning how to sing the songs I write because I don't do it the other way around (laughs) um after Graduating from college in 2015, I took two gap years. Um, I the first one I wrote an EP and released that, which was fun. Um, I then went to Europe, um, which it wasn't a tour; it was just a holiday. But I did a few gigs, <laughs> um, and then I came back and I started working on my album, which was, I guess, the big goal for that was to record it myself. So yeah, then I recorded my album. Um, worked on a couple of music videos that was really fun uh, and then um, yeah it was it was great it was really good but I think I put a lot of pressure on it and I think I had slightly unrealistic expectations um, I guess just growing up in the generation of follow your dreams and such um, I sort of thought that it'd all be um, you know I'd be Taylor Swift by the time I'm 20 or something <laughs> and you know that didn't happen so I guess I just sort of had to reevaluate everything and really question the reasons why I was doing it um, because I think it had it had become a bit of an obsession and the joy was gone. So I decided, okay, let's take a break. Let's go to university. Music is still something I love, um, but I think it's a much healthier relationship I have now with music as just something that I do when I can and it's a real joy rather than something I'm, I don't know, enslaved to almost. Transitioning from music into science, have you found that any of the skills that you got maybe personal confidence? Because you said you didn't want the spotlight, but then you very much embraced it and turns out an EP and an album is a huge success in music. So were you able to bring that into your scientific career? Definitely. I think, um, so I used to have really bad stage fright and, you know, just after... (laughs) After 100 gigs of, you know, you just sort of get over the idea of people looking at you and how scary that is, um, just, just by repetition. And that's been super useful in, in science. Um, 
public speaking is a lot um, a lot more significant part of science, I think, that anyone realises going in, you know, conferences or, um, you know, PhD confirmation or whatever. There's a lot of presentations. Um, so I think that's been huge. And also just, like, science is so creative. I think that's something that people don't um, don't really acknowledge a lot of the time, but you're, you're literally, you're dealing with problems and you're trying to come up with creative solutions to solve them. And there is a bit of process, you, you know, through your... Um, experience there's a list of things that you can tick off but there comes a point where you've tried everything it's still not working so you you need a bit of creativity um so definitely definitely that um but also I think it's just uh, it's um it's a real joy and I don't know I I know that Einstein like played the violin and for some reason I just find that inspiring (laughs) so I'll go play the piano when I'm stuck on something and hope that a uh, bit of diffuse thinking, as it as it were, and come up with an idea. <laughs> and I know they often say that people that are very skilled in mathematics are often make great musicians as well, because there's something about notation or the way that they're able to understand music means they're also able to understand mathematical theories. Do you find, or have you used any of your music since you've become a scientist to convey your work to others? as a sort of science communication method, would you ever be interested in that sort of thing? So I have, but it's secret. Um, I did, I did a project, I did a project with someone who's like an anonymous um, scientific music creator. So I feel like I can't really talk about it, but it's really fun. Um. (laughs) Wow. That's a great little, we can have that in the teaser trailer of Breaking news, we've got a little secret inside the industry, but um, just tease people onto your future works. But what genre did you perform in? Um, so mostly the sort of Missy Higginsy singer-songwriter stuff. Um, I did do a rap song once, which is really fun, um, but we don't speak of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, jazz, I guess, is the, the training background. I love love jazz. Awesome. I always listen to jazz when I'm trying to code at my desk. I just find it so great to have in the background. I don't listen to jazz when I'm coding, but it sounds like fun, so maybe I should try it. I like, Eve, how you said that science is actually quite creative, and I feel like looking at science through a creative lens could actually open up a lot of opportunities for people. So for people who find science fairly scary or quite complex, do you feel like music could help make it more accessible? Perhaps. It's not something I've thought of. There are things nowadays called, have you heard of Dance Your PhD? I think there's, yeah, so I think one of my supervisors was telling me about it because they're trying to make science as engaging as possible. And recently, the Festival of Bright Ideas had a group of PhD students that put on a play about their PhDs to perform to children because there's all these different ways of doing it. But you never know. You might, at the end of your honours, be like, nah, I'm going to write a song because people want to hear about catalysts and I'm sure you could get some great rhymes with cat and lists maybe some <laughs> some things there <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um I definitely think there's a big space for um science related songs they're quite um they're quite popular they're really fun they're fun to make um and I think yeah anything that get, engages the public with science and sort of demystifies science I think is definitely a good thing um so yeah absolutely <laughs> So unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time with you, Eve, and thank you so much for telling us all about the different um, things that you get up to. 
because we've covered zero waste, we've covered chemistry, and we've covered music. They're three big topics. And if there's any takeaway message that you would like to leave with our listeners, what would it be? Um, there's this really cool quote from Steve Jobs, and he says, um, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that they will connect some somewhere in the future. And that is sort of my motto, which sort of makes sense with the amount of random things I've done. And I guess, yeah, that would be my message would be collect the dots, right? You don't know how they're going to connect and, and everything is useful, like all learning um, is valuable. So, yeah, just do whatever interests you. Fabulous. That's such a good note to end on. And thank you so much, Eve. So thank you, listeners, for tuning in today to That's What I Call Science. We love bringing you STEM-related content, and we really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did and you want to find out more about us, you can search That's What I Call Science or That Science Taz on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My name is Ollie Dove, and I'd like to thank my co-host today, Ellie Clapham, and our expert guest, Eve Poland. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. And have a wonderful week. This program was made possible with support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Find out more at cbf.org.au. You've been listening to That's What I Call Science, brought to your station and across the nation via the Community Radio Network. You can find That's What I Call Science on all major podcast streaming services and social media platforms. Like and subscribe for on-demand science updates from the team. That's What I Call Science is proudly recorded in Tasmania Edge Radio. Head to edgeradio.org.au for more information on how you can support community radio. GemMaker are a proud sponsor of That's What I Call Science. GemMaker provide expert advice, services and training to commercialise new knowledge and technologies. Go to gemmaker.com.au for more information.